Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your host, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm great. I'm excited to be recording. I'm excited to be uh, talking about watches. It's been uh, it's been a week, you know, or I guess not even a week. It's been two days of a week, so approximately 40% of one. No, it's been a week. Okay. It's been a week and two days. Well, but I mean like a week in terms of life, but it hasn't been a full week in terms of life. So it feels like a week oh. fit into 40% one. How are you? Good. Okay. I'm on a <laughs> sabbatical right now. Yeah. That's what, what I'm electing to call it. Uh, I am post one job and waiting for my next job to begin. <clears throat> so I call that sabbatical or fun employment. Um, yeah, I mean, you've been sending me updates throughout the day. I think today was Pokemon in the park. Yep, Pokemon in the park today. And, uh, and beers while you prepared for the episode at, at the beer stand. Yes, I did. Uh, I I actually, we were talking about this before. I don't know what happened. I thought I had finished uh, writing everything and, and consolidating all of my stuffs. I did not. So today <laughs> when I went to do it once over my notes, I was like, ooh, I got to go because I am not done. I'm not ready for today's no. episode. No, I'm not. Um, people yesterday, don't, people don't know what goes into these episodes. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. This is what we do, right? We prepare, but it's a lot. It's always more than I expect it to be. So, some weeks more so than others, for sure. This one for was... a relatively mediocre product that we're putting out. At best, the amount yeah. of work that goes into this. Thing. Good lord. Uh, but I mean, it, we're we're going into a, into a conversation, you know, <clears throat> medium informed on it. I think that's responsible yeah no one ex- i hope you don't expect us to be experts because we are not a, a medium level of informed that's how mm-hmm. i always feel i'm medium informed yeah able to speak intelligently on at least the topics we're talking about today right um yeah so i've i've been enjoying fun employment yesterday i tried to go fishing uh with my kid but no dude <laughs> for those of you who are are not accustomed to uh pacific northwest northwest weather patterns we get a little rain always. Mm-hmm. For the last week, we've been getting a ton of rain. Uh, so we went to this little uh, little canoe channel that's cut out of a, of the main of one of the forks of the Willamette River because uh, they stock it. Uh, we went to fish there, and it was um a hundred hundred twenty five feet beyond its bank. Hmm. Uh, I, I sent I sent you some pictures that and, were and milky chocolate milky. Oh boy, it was it was nasty. Yeah. Uh, I sent there's a there's this little footbridge that people will drop a drop bait lines down into the water from. It's probably six and a half seven feet mm-hmm. off the water line. It yeah, was underwater. Say. Yeah. It was underwater. Yeah. Well, you know that canoe canal gets flooded pretty quick. I mean, it, it's that section of the Willamette is so low. That it floods really quick. You know, I think probably in Eugene, that's the quickest spot to flood. Oh, but the rest of it, every, everywhere else I've been, I, I went to Alton Baker today, and and I uh, like the Skinner Butte side of things. The bank was seven feet from the water line, as yeah. opposed to its normal twenty. Right. Uh-huh. Right. It was. It's impressive uh, the flooding we're getting. Uh, so no fishing yesterday. No fishing today. Just Pokemon in the park because it was a nice day, but still flooded. Yeah, it was nice today. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have lunch with my wife because I was downtown where the best Pokemoning is. Um, <laughs> so I got to have lunch with Sam, and it was great. Did oh. you catch them all? Most of them. Okay. Most of them. Okay. How are you? What have you been doing? Man, you know, uh, 
same old, same old, working, still, still, uh, getting my new, my new business off the ground, but I, I sort of did a, uh, preliminary reconciliation for March today, and it's like, doing it, I'm doing it, you know, it's gonna happen, this, I, I, I've got the income that, that I was supposed to have, and I can see how, you know, I pay all this stuff, and then, and then I take some for taxes, and then, oh, there's a chunk of money that is, mine, that is mine, and, and no, it's, it's mine, a, oh, oh, no, it's not yeah. yours, oh, okay, <laughs> But it's, you know, this is enough money to do the things in life that we want to do, you know? That's awesome, man. It is. I mean, it's this really good feeling, you know, and it's happened pretty quick. And, and I, I came into a good system. Uh, I came into a good program already. So I joined three existing partners, and uh, and so I'm the, the fourth fourth man. And so the infrastructure is there, or at least a lot of the infrastructure is there. But it just feels good. It's like, yeah, fucking A. I'm doing it. America. I'm doing it. I've gone from being an employee to an owner, and, and and here I am actually paying yourself, paying myself an amount of money that that I'm not going to have to like eat nothing but ramen. That doesn't sound all that bad, though. Well, it doesn't. Actually. Not if you're keto. I, well, I mean, yeah. I, I haven't had anything resembling ramen for for months now, so ramen sounds pretty dang good. Pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it, man. Terrific. Terrific. Hey, we've got some watch news. We do. Is this the most significant piece of watch news that's come out since we've been going? Uh, I I think that's it's hard to. I think it's the most significant as it pertains to the segment of watches that we spend most of our time in. Right. Yeah. So so Omega, you know, has their caliber, their whatever original. Bulgari dropped a triple world breaker. Right. But this shit doesn't matter to me. No. Basil. 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 Balls. Basil. Uh, you know, I don't care. By and large, I just don't fucking care. No, it, it, I'm I'm not the I'm not the consumer they're trying to reach. Yeah, I mean there was some cool stuff. You know, Alpinist, the Blue Alpinist. Everybody go. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, I care. That's actually more important to me. But but uh, this that citizen's pretty cool though. This that citizen is cool, but it's like nine thousand bucks. Uh yeah, like seventy eight right. or or thirteen, <laughs> uh, depending on the. On the case material. And we're not going to say anything else about it, so you don't even get to know. We're just going to say the citizen. It's cool. You Lots know what we're talking about. Yeah. So listen, this is, I think, the most significant piece of watch news that's come out for our for market us. segment. For, for people us. like us. That's right. For our people. Yeah. This is significant. And I think tragic. Ooh, so so I sent to Andrew a text message. So we, I got a message earlier today from... Uh, Instagram user middle six feet great guy good photographer smart always always sends uh cool information check check out his in- Instagram page I don't know if he wants followers but but give him a follow <laughs> yeah we're not like the Instagram bots so you can get millions of followers by um repping their brand right <laughs> right so middle six feet reached out to me and said hey did you see this um check it out pretty interesting and, and it was interesting it was interesting so at this point I should caveat with everything that we're about to talk about is rumor and or conjecture, right? I think that's fair. Yeah. So rumor and or conjecture. Speculation. Seiko is... Potentially. Allegedly. But on information and belief, that's that's legal speak for we think... Probably that sounds way better on information and belief. I'm Seiko... gonna start saying that at work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, actually, I am. So <laughs> it, Seiko is unveiling 
24 new models bam of a dive watch that very closely resembles the skx platform frame frame yeah so so the same case Mm -hmm. and, and and by some rumors the same exact case uh and branded as a seiko 5 and unveiling seiko's new five seiko five logo which is sort of like a a diagonal superman logo a little bit yeah a lot bit a lot bit <laughs> they they basically just rotated their design 90 degrees so i messaged andrew about an hour and a half before we were set to move today and said hey check this out form an opinion and he messaged me back shortly thereafter and said opinion formed on my way to you yeah <laughs> Uh, so a couple things about this, right? It, it's a Seiko 5. It is not a Prospex, which I think is what most people expected would happen when this, when this happened. We've all known this mm-hmm. was coming. So thoughts, Andrew, go. No, I said go. I, I like the Seiko 5 line as it is. I don't, what I'm, my, my, Initial concern of this new line drop and the line changes is what's leaving the portfolio. Because it's hard for me to imagine a world where the SKX becomes a part of the Seiko 5 line. It's How hard do for... I live? Exactly. And that's what, what I'm what I'm having trouble seeing is, is I, I like the way Seiko has their, has their watches segmented out. And maybe what they're trying to do in this is consolidate some of their lines a little bit because they have a wild, probably unmanageable portfolio of watches out in the world. And this could be an an attempt to try to streamline some of their processes, get rid of some of those low-density watches that they have entirely too much of and not the the consumer base to to support. Things like this, like the Recraft, I can't imagine this is a hot seller for them. Mm. When, When I see them expanding the Seiko 5 line and bringing things under that umbrella it makes me concerned for things like this recraft um some of the the smaller density watches that seiko does really well and that are really cool see those go by the wayside Mm -hmm. that's that's my initial concern when i see a large organization we've got 25 new models all right well what are you replacing and that's where my concern and why i think i use the word tragic I i think that's where my my concern comes in because I, I would hate to see the the cult SKX go by the wayside and join another cult classic in the SNK, but or in really the five series line because there's a lot of really cool watches in that five series. But I don't know. I'm kind of a curmudgeon. I don't like change much anyway. So yeah. Well, I think my opinion is a little bit more reserved than yours, um, which is to say, I don't think it's tragic. And I think it makes perfect sense when you think about what Seiko's doing with their line, you know, with with the with the marketing of the Prospects line and the marketing of the Presage line. You you know, there doesn't seem to me that there is a lot of room in Seiko's marketing for uh, a sort of Seiko and nothing else. You, You know, I think that they want everything to fit into a world. It either needs to fit into Prospects or presage or their five or quote-unquote sports line which i think those the lines between five and sports blur you know in the united states you have 
five sports or or whatever yeah. but you, you know so they've got their sports line they've got their their prospects line and, and and i don't know i think historically there's been room in between those things or perhaps five and, and presage there's been this sort of dead space and i think they're trying to shore that up so so when i think about what they've done here it makes sense i think i'm not alone and, and i think based on what you said you tend to agree i just wish they'd went the other way with this instead of pulling this back yeah and, and adding us adding a segment as opposed to deleting and and rehoming yeah well well you know i think that is what they've done i think they've they've deleted and rehoned i just wish they'd have pushed the skx into the prospects line mm-hmm. you know give it a four r um so so just to just to run through some sort of specs i'm gonna i'm gonna put finger quotes when i say that specs because nobody knows a dang thing we know jangle we know that these are going to be 10 bar to the extent that the rumors are true Mm -hmm. we know they're going to be 10 bar uh we know that there's going to be a bucket load of them yeah different colors different bracelets no jubilee from what i've seen jsyk no jubilee from what I've seen. Climb up. Uh, a, a see-through screw-down case back. A, a new logo. Uh, and, and so th- those are the biggies, right? I assume we're not talking ISO compliant, although I think the ISO standard allows for 100 meters of water resistant. I assume these are not going to be ISO rated. So w- what's happened is they've taken the the real uh, street cred from this thing they've given it a see-through case back which in and of itself is going to lower your water resistance yep um, well i don't think it has to i think it will I, I, it doesn't have to but I, I think that it will i think you're right on that you know i'm not well enough versed on the science but my understanding is that you, you know for instance if these were solid case back screw down crown if they do it does have that skx case then you've got 200 meters we know you have 200 meters so uh, unless these don't have a screw down crown and we don't know i don't think anybody knows yet um the only difference would be that that display back case back neato i don't need it i like it it's a cool feature i don't need it on a dive watch yeah well so this has been controversial and and i hate to sort of i hate to pile on um i just take a quick moment to say uh i i just i just bumped the table but it didn't make a terrible noise because I've wrapped the springs of my microphone stand with socks. They're running socks by and large. Uh, and, and I think it is it is going to be a great thing for our listeners. What do you think, Andrew? I think you should just stop bumping the table. Oh, shut up. So, you, you, know, uh, you know, reading through the forums today, watching some videos, uh, uh, you know, people's first reactions. Because everybody's sort of in the same place we are, right? We don't know. Uh, you, you, you know... I, this is super divisive and i think people are generally feeling offended hurt uh outraged at at seiko look seiko's a money making entity the only thing that matters to seiko is how to make more money and so one of the ways they do, they do that is by providing a great product that people want and and another way they do that streamlining processes and leaning up systems exactly yeah. and, and and one of the ways that they don't do that is by reading watch you seek forums and providing specialized watches for fucking assholes like us 
no. We're just going to mod them anyway. Yeah, they don't care, you know. And 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 I don't know if they read forums. They've got enough people that they probably have an idea of what people like we want, but they don't care. They don't care because we're a tiny little segment. They're trying to bring this very classic watch to the masses in a way that's going to sell them bucket loads of units and make them bucket loads of money. Does this hurt Seiko as a brand moving forward within the greater watch community as opposed to the consumer, like the the, the grand scale consumer community? Well, I mean, assuming I understand your question, I, I think that the answer is yes. I think that Seiko is well on its way to sort of losing its uh, badge of honor as the sort of affordable watch enthusiasts watch i I mean i i think right now there's still enough options that you got to talk about them but i i don't know that people are as hot on seiko as they were when either one of us got involved in the hobby and i think this I, i think this change if it goes the way because in fairness we are discussing worst case scenario here if it goes the worst case scenario route I think it's going to mean a big hit for Seiko within the parameters of the watch community. And I don't know, I don't know how much it'll benefit them in the greater consumer world. Well, the time will tell, obviously, you you know, assuming everything we know today is true and there's nothing else that's true. Um, You you know, time will tell, but time will tell anyway. Um, You, you know, people were talking. Uh, well, if this is That'd be a good podcast name, time will tell. Yeah. What would the what would the uh, point of emphasis be for that podcast? Watches. It's oh, jeez. Like, yeah, no, you're right. Let's change the name. Yeah. So we don't ever have to explain what forty and twenty means again. Rebranded. Is, is this a pot podcast? Is this about pot? What? Oh. <laughs> Uh, is is that a pot reference? No, it's not a pot reference. It all is. That's what what uh, that's our master criminal scheme. <laughs> uh, you, you know, people have been saying, well, well, what does this mean for the future of the SKX? Well, it probably means the SKX is done. You, you know, they stopped making them. Buy them now. Uh, and and so by and large, I I think that it's easy enough to see the writing on the wall. The SKX is probably done in its current iteration. I mean, they've been selling it for nine. For since 1996, so 23 years, um, it, you know, it, this watch is done, I, I think, by and large. And, and it's probably a good time for Seiko to move on. Now, it, it doesn't mean that Seiko's abandoned us without an affordable, professional dive watch. Um, it, you know, there are still two watches that I can think of right now, the SRP Turtles and the, and the Mini Turtles, I guess that fit the same exact mm-hmm. place. Uh, I know the SRP Turtle has been wildly popular. There's been some questions about what they're doing with that line. The Mini Turtle has been, in my mind, surprisingly unpopular, uh, or, or at least hasn't gained traction. I, I think it's a fantastic watch. It's kind of got a funky case shape um, that maybe takes some getting used to, but it does the same thing. But if you if you just move up the price line a little bit, you start getting into some really great Seiko offerings. I think what the sentimental value of the SKX to everyone who does, even people who don't own them, have a little soft spot in their heart for what the SKX is in the watch world. Yeah. A super affordable banger. Which shouldn't keep Seiko beholden to, to making them, right? Which, no. you know. Being good at something doesn't mean you should do it. 
Yeah, right. So I think that people's minds will shift. I think, you know, the SRP turtles are, you know, a little bit more expensive than the SKX was. I think those mini turtles are also more expensive just because of availability. Uh, But they're still in that 200 to 300 price range. You you know, you talked about moving up up the price a little bit. You, You know, for me, that means 500, 600. I'll tell you, when you would, when I started looking at my first sort of dive watch my first real watch is what i the the thought process i had um i I was in a place where i could spend 220 dollars on a watch but more than that no fucking way And, and so i don't know you can move you can't move too far up or or you sort of cut out the first watch but should the skx even be a first watch well, I think so. It was my first watch, and it was—it's fantastic, and I still wear the shit out of it. It's—I'm not—I'm not questioning the value of the SKX. I'm saying, should a diver be your first watch? Why the heck not? Why? Why? Why should it be? I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but should should it be? Is it necessary to have an entry level watch like the SKX at all? Well, I, I think so. I, I mean, for me, I think so. You, you know, there's a reason I don't own an urchin. There's a reason I don't own, you, you know, the 50 Fathoms, 55 Fathoms, that, that Blancpain no, no. homage. I can't, SNZF or SNZH. You're getting close. I can't pull it off the top of my head either. But. Whatever. Everybody knows what we're talking about. But I don't own those watches because I'm put off by the fact that it's 100 meters water resistance. Look, the amount of times that I'm in water deeper than 10 feet are nil. Right, I could certainly not on purpose. <laughs> right, I, I mean, there's no reason for me to have a 200 meter water resistance watch. I want it anyway. I strap this SKX on my wrist, and it feels cool. This it does. is cool. I, I agree completely. This is a no shit dive watch. It's ISO certified. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't know why that's important, but it is. I like it. So it's it's a Gyrdo effect. It, it is. It is. So so I think what Seiko's done here is they've definitely eliminated that watch. It doesn't mean you can get the same thing with the SRP Turtle. You can get the same thing with the Mini Turtle. Um, or you can go away from Seiko completely. Or go away from Seiko completely. Abandon them for they have abandoned right. you. Buy a Scarfa and be happy. Yeah. And then turn off our podcast and take up... Time will tell. Woodworking. Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's the news. Uh, you know, people people are obviously upset. Uh, or, or or maybe not upset. It, the people people Shot. are talking about it. People are talking about it, so it's interesting. Um, I think that the possibilities here are pretty huge. It, it's a dumbed down version of the SKX, which bothers me on principle, but I think the possibilities are pretty major. People are pumped um, about what this thing is. It, I have to say, it would be cool to be getting into a hundred seventy five, a sub one hundred seventy five dollar watch that looked like the skx mm-hmm. with the seiko branding on it you know i think the for me uh an interesting question because well, well, we don't know about movement i guess that's the thing we haven't talked about i assume this is going to be a 4r watch i should hope so and so if you replace that case back with the solid case back from yabokis or from uh dagaz or or whoever murphy or i don't know who's making them these days crystal times maybe is in the case making biz right now if you are able to replace that case back, can you get to a 200 meter water resistance? Can you pressure test it? Not that you need to, but could you? And if so, does this become a better modding platform than the SKX? 
because it's probably price wise i assume market prices will be at or around that 180 to 200 bucks that you can find the skx in for our movement does this become a better platform for that i think it does the possibilities are there for sure especially if it's screw down crown yeah i i mean i i can't imagine it wouldn't be well we'll cross cross our fingers because we don't know I mean, the SNK is a screw-down crown. No, it's not. It's a pull-up. It's a pull-up. Not case-back crown. Oh, crown. Oh, You're oh. so stupid. I am. God, oh you're an idiot. I sure hope it's a screw-down crown. Yeah, me too. And I think I think that that's okay. been the... I am an idiot. <laughs> I think that's been probably the biggest question people have, because we don't know yet, right? If it's a push-in crown, um, you lose some of what it is that makes the skx special i think so uh in any event that's it we don't know what are your thoughts give it let it let us know your thoughts because this is super interesting and if you need someone to light up a torch and carry a pitchfork uh i think you've got two somebody's out here to join the party yeah yeah although like i said i think i'm a little bit more i mean i won't lead the charge but if there's a mob i'm gonna join the charge (laughs) uh what do you got any watch news uh no i (laughs) <laughs> I I saw some pictures today of the uh, of the vintage uh, Accutron Skyview or uh, oh, Space Views. The reissue? No, no, just somebody who oh. had some some vintage ones in their collection. Well, so they're reissuing them. I know, but I want I want what? the OG. I got I got sad seeing them. I was like, oh, oh I want them. <laughs> Need to figure out where the guy lives. And so they're reissuing that Accutron movement, right? Yeah. Uh, but from what I can tell, they're going to be yeah stupid expensive. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even gonna. I'll look one day when I'm like already in a in like a pit of despair and just want to make it worse. <laughs> Thanks, citizen, for nothing. Blah, blah. Yeah, well, citizen. I think this is this is a citizen move more than anything. But oh. yeah, I, I mean, obviously under the bull of a bull of a brand, but. Oh, okay, well, so we're talking about, uh, I think, a super fun topic. This was a hard topic. It was. As we were talking earlier, some of our some weeks are easier to prepare for than others. And uh, this was a harder week for me to prepare. Um, not because of the lack of information, but because of uh, the, the disparity in information. And, and, and the sort of abyss of information. So, so we'll just, so out, out with it. We're talking about sort of Seiko Quartz, OG Seiko Quartz watches. And we didn't really, uh, amongst ourselves, define it more than that. Nope, that was it. OG Seiko Quartz. I had the text. Right. <laughs> and, and I think we both felt comfortable that we could come up with enough to talk about it. In fact, we're at way too many minutes right now, so we're going to go long today. I can already tell because there's a shitload of stuff to talk about. There is, and some cool watches. Fortunately, there was some overlap, which is, is this the first time it's happened? That we've picked the same watch? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we've Twice, known. like two, slightly different, but two overlapping watches today. I guess that's right. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit different on one of them. The other one was the exact same watch. Yeah. Yeah, but as to be expected, I think, based on based on what we did. So, um, I don't know, what do you want, you, history of? Uh... I mean, let, let's, let's kick it off. Let's let's move right into it. Yeah. The first watch we're going to talk about today is the Seiko Astron Christmas watch. The 1969 December 25th 1969 unveiling for Jesus of Quartz Movements. <laughs> we'll kick right into it. I mean that is the and in fairness it was it was an arms race to drop the first Quartz Movement, but Seiko did it. 
and there's some other there's some other folks out there who had their their prototypes out. Uh, but Seiko's first to market with the Seiko Astron in, on in December '69. December '69. Yeah. December 25th. Yeah. yeah, I think famously the Beta 21. This Beta 21 was sort of in the mix at the same time. You know, I think that they were working on getting it into watches and and probably, you know, like like a chimpanzee on in in space. Mm-hmm. I think if they could have changed that, they may have. But um, yeah, so that Seiko Astron, not not what I think of as a quartz watch. No, because I think of it as a solar GPS watch. Oh, what do you mean? That's what oh, it is the now. Astron. The, yeah, the right. Astron currently. It's interesting to see the evolution of that, or the renaming of the of the Astron to be a uh, cutting edge of technology for Seiko. Um, well, and I think at this time it was cutting edge of technology, also, right? Yeah, no, and and I I love it. And this this began the quartz revolution. Well, in the watch world. And when I say not what I think of as a as a quartz watch, it's because you, you know when we talk about quartz watches, I think there's this like, oh, you're wearing quartz <laughs> coming from you, you know. Well, yeah, I, I mean that's that's true, but but I think the industry, you know, I, I think that's a, a sentiment that gets expressed, right? Um, but this is a, an 18 karat solid gold yeah. baller, costs as much as a car watch, yeah. right? Uh, very very sort of svelte dress watch beautiful wonderfully finished leather awesome. strap awesome angles on it that's the thing that caught me the most about the watches from this era are the the hard angles the uh the hooded lugs the integrated bracelets just mm-hmm. every i dug these watches and the sizing Mm-hmm. right yep i thought to myself this week why don't i own all of these yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right I, and and so many of them are super good you, you know I, I don't think you can find one of these og seiko astrons and if you can it would cost you a mint but um, or a left foot which would be worth it right no i don't think your left foot would afford it probably not no mine definitely wouldn't so uh you, you know these come out with an 8192 8192 hertz movement which is plus or minus five seconds a day which is crazy uh, bo- in, in fact, both the a day, s- uh, yes, five seconds plus or minus five seconds a day, which is crazy because it's so much less accurate than anything quartz today. Right. Um, you, you, you know, both the the beta twenty one and the Seiko movement uh, have this lower hertz movement, uh, and, and we think of quartz as being sort of hyper accurate, at, but you know, it, it's sort of rote. You know, you get a ten dollar or a seven dollar chinese movement and stick it in a watch and you're gonna be ten dollars shoot try like 38 cents yeah that's right yeah that's right so um it's interesting to me that these things the cutting edge the best they could do at the time plus or minus five seconds a day that's some loss or gain i mean that's that's significant yeah uh and it's crazy to see how far the technology has come. Well, and it comes and it comes immediately, right? So, so that's Seiko's Astron comes out, and they sort of sat on it for a minute. Uh, I, I think, in, in true Seiko fashion, we're not going to try to pump the market full of things. We're going to give you this thing and let you buy this thing, yeah, and, and not have to worry about the next thing. So Seiko doesn't make another Astron quartz watch until '71. Several Swiss companies get in the mix during that time. Everyone was in the race. Everybody's doing it. And it, w- it was interesting to think about wh- why the two terminologies for this are the quartz crisis 
hmm. and the court's revolution. Right. <laughs> and it's a matter of perspective. The perspective is is everything. And it what I don't fully understand is how all these Swiss companies came to the brink of extinction when they had the quartz technology available also. Like why why couldn't they follow the Seiko suit in that quartz vein? It's something I, I'm still grasping at and trying to grappling, not gra- grasping, grappling to try to understand the the mentality of sticking with automatic and mechanical watches through this boom of technological advancement and consumer preference. Well, you know, uh, again, uh, uh, we're just we're just guys, and we read about this stuff, and we try to understand, it and we talk about it. But but I I think that there's some pretty good theories for that. You, you know, because it wasn't just the Swiss that were dying at the time; it was also the Americans that were dying at the time. And, and the Swiss and the Americans looked at two sides or either side of the same coin. The the Swiss really pounded quartz analog watches and the americans really pounded digital quartz watches Mm -hmm. seiko being the amazing company they are pounds the shit out of both of them right and and i think that that's the difference because at at some point in the 80s the market is split half analog half digitals 50 percent of all the watches being sold are, are digitals sold by companies like timex who's pumping out a fucking ton of watches at the time still is and analogs sold by various swiss companies right Mm -hmm. so you have this big split and at some point the the competition becomes the lcd competition the lcd push you know how can we hammer in on lcds and seiko did a really good job developing lcd technology probably better better than anybody else in the world however everybody figured out there's this little country in the far east called china that we have a ton of opportunity in. And so China shows up in a major way. And that is when Chinese manufacturing becomes this thing. Chinese manufacturing right at that time is jumping out, saying hello to the world, and producing these very affordable quartz movements. Uh, LCD, LCD readouts, quartz movement. And so Seiko is in a really good position, and their only limitation is their inability to keep up with China in terms of cost and productivity. However, their ability to rein in both sides of that market, I think, is why they did so much better than anyone else. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. So Seiko leads the march in Japan, and really the whole world. Um, and, and they do so by continuing to innovate, being at the front of these innovations. You know, 1973, they had the first six-digit LCD watch. Uh, 75, the first multifunction digital. They are right there where they need to be with the right innovations. And, and, they're, and they're, kind of, they're kind of at the front. They're at the front and follow me, which I think is, which is what put them on the map you know Seiko's already on the map obviously at that point but secures their dominance which exists today yeah and allowed them the opportunity to grow and establish their infrastructure for the luxury watches that now fall under their umbrella fueled by their momentum generated during the quartz revolution that's right that's right so one i mean we're we're running long not running long but uh, we're getting in there. We're in there. So let's do what we do, man. Let's talk about some watches. First one, 
the first uh, overlap watch. Now we're gonna do that. Okay, so this is the the seven A two eight dash seven zero four zero quartz chronograph. Uh, this is a watch we both picked. It is first time ever. The not just a forty and twenty first, right down to the model, right down to the very model. And I wrote in my notes, expensive. <laughs> you, you know, uh, I don't think it's terribly expensive. No, I, I think for what it is. But relative to the to the price point on the vast majority of these other readily available vintage Seiko quartz watches, this is up there. The, these are north of two hundred and fifty dollars. All of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one that we have up is it's three fifty. This is this three forty five. Buy it now. Or 32 bucks for 12 months. That's a good deal. <laughs> it's like buying iPhones. You know, uh, th- there's a ton of them out there, is your uh, point, I iPhones think. are... Both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, these. There, there's a lot of these out there, but they're all they're all no- this price point north. And obviously, the better condition you're getting, you're, you're getting into the 450-ish range for these watches, which, in fairness, is reasonable. I mean, this is cutting-edge, vintage, mm-hmm. cutting-edge technology, and they're beautiful. They, they and, are. And what struck me most is you can see the Seiko fingerprints mm-hmm. in every one of these watches. You can you could pull the the branding off these watches and line them up and easily discern the evolution of Seiko, mm-hmm. but clearly identify that you're looking at Seiko design. That's I right. love that. Well, so let's talk about the movement a little bit because the 7A28, 7A28 is an important movement. Yeah. Uh, first, first quartz chronograph movement. Yep. You, you know, when these came out, they were not like, uh, th- they were not like what we think of as a chronograph quartz movement. I mean, these things are heavily decorated, not heavily decorated, but they're they're substantially built, fifteen jewels, full metal construction. Um, these are serious watches, serious movements when they come out. Uh, you, you know, but and it's a quartz movement. It's not mecha quartz. It's not mechanical. It's a pure quartz movement. So you press that reset button, and it makes its long walk home, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to a snapback. But these things were—it's the first time anybody had ever done this before, and has inspired chronograph design. Yeah, yeah. Well, so these get referred to as as Seiko Speedmasters. I'm not sure this model in particular, but um, some of these seven A two eight chronographs get referred to as Seiko Speedmasters. Now, this one is. I think that's such a. I, I hate the Speedmaster stamping on every black chronograph. Well, I mean, they kind of they kind of invented it. Right? I, I mean, they <laughs> they they did. Well, we didn't look into the timeline of it. It went to the moon. It has the most visibility. That doesn't make every black chronograph a Speedmaster homage, a Speedmaster wannabe. Sure. Well, black chronograph. I, I don't think it hurts. I don't think it hurts the argument to call this a Seiko Speedmaster that Seiko used the Speedmaster word in their branding and even stamped it on some of their clasps for these watches. That doesn't hurt the argument. It does. <laughs> but <laughs> what I'm saying... Do you want to you want to keep going with your? I'm argument? tired of everything being a speedmaster homage. <laughs> I know. Why would you call this a speedmaster? It's nothing like a speedmaster. It's black. It's. It, I mean, it's possible that it's because Seiko called it a speedmaster. And maybe maybe Omega should have come up with something more <laughs> more unique than the speedmaster because it's a racing chronograph. Come on. 
Come off it. Uh, you, you know, other sort of iterations of the 7828 movement, because there's a lot of really cool ones. You know, the, the 7010, I think, is the one that Seiko referred to as the Speedmaster 7A28-7010. Those, you can pick them up on eBay for 500-ish. Um, the 7828, the Ripley, which is the Jajaro mm-hmm. design, big side pusher. So cool. Those are expensive. because yeah, those are expensive. To, to, get a, to get an old one. You know, I, I found one on eBay today for 750-ish by it now, but it didn't look like it was in great shape. That's expensive. The, yeah, and, and to get a killer one, you're looking at, you know, to get one in good condition, you're looking at 1000 plus. Um, the seven eight two eight seventy forty. This this guy we're talking about now. The seven eight two eight seventy thirty, which is a uh, a Pogue, you know, mm-hmm. a Pogue chronograph with with a the seven eight two eight movement. So Seiko is doing this thing. That, hey, we've got this great movement. We're gonna put it in our cool watches. I saw a cool one with a uh, Pepsi tachometer bezel. Yeah, and a gold dial. That's the Pogue. I hadn't seen it with a gold dial before. I've seen it with a. With like that blue, the one that you imagine when you think of it, like that blue dial. Right. But I saw the gold dial there. The one Xander has. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. his is blue. Yeah, I think that the gold is probably the more common of those iterations of the Pogue. I, I don't know that for sure, but that would be my guess. That was the first one I had any familiarity with. And obviously the Seiko Pogue is 6039 mechanical movement that, that people know really well. But there's also a 7A28 version of that, so... A cool line. Cool, cool line. This watch is great. You know, you can pick them up for, for it's not cheap. 350 I think, is reasonable money for a high-quality vintage piece, though. One thing that we did talk about, and, and I was thinking that there's a whole segment here of of collecting to be done within the vintage quartz category. There is a, a challenge with once quartz stops, quartz stops. Yeah, that's uh, right. And I don't know the... Uh, I don't know what what kind of challenge it would be to to put new new motor in there if if as if if you will. Um yeah, I think the trick is finding the movement that's mm-hmm. in that's not in terrible shape. You know, there's less less things moving, but once a quartz movement goes kaput, once the actual module, the the actual power plant goes kaput, I don't think there's a lot of fixing them. Makes me wonder about how many modules fit into these cases to do an overhaul and and put a you know a whole new module in i I think it depends on the movement right you you know the 7828 i I think the nice thing about the 7828 is that there's just a gazillion of them um so but but others there's going to be fewer of the movements that fit um so yeah anything else to say about this this 7040 speedmaster well (laughs) we'll keep plugging yeah, you know, beautiful watch, hooded lugs. I, I really like it. It's got the tachometer and the dive bezel. I, I dig it. It's a cool watch. I don't know. I didn't see. Is that bezel rotating? It must it must rotate. It looks like it for sure. Hard to say. Okay, my second watch. We shared the first watch. My second watch. This is the, you, you, you knew it was going to be there, so I'm just going to get it out of the way. This is the 7548-7009 Quartz Diver Men's Watch. Uh, these are the Seiko Quartz 150 millimeter predecessor. Not millimeter. They're not 150 millimeters. They might be 150 meter water resistance um, w- w- watches. This is the true predecessor to the SKX line. Uh, uh, virtually identical case styling, uh, four o'clock crown. I mean, you, you'd be you'd be forgiven for looking at this and saying, "Oh, I like your SKX." I think. 100. Uh, percent yeah. It it would be 
crazy town to, to think anything else. Crazy town. It, everything's the same. It's the same dial. It, every <laughs> Everything is the same besides the engine. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, these watches are not and a the dime. Jubilee. There's no, there's no jangle Jubilee. Well, I'll tell you, if you can find one of these on an original Z199, get out your checkbook and your mama's checkbook because you're going to pay for it. But that is a, 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 a 7548 on a Z199. You're going to pay probably a thousand plus for it. But that is a true collector's piece. True collector's piece, especially if it's not totally trashed. Um, even if it is trashed, I, I still think you probably pick it up. But you, you don't find them on, on the Z199s very often. They just don't exist. It's hard to find them. Um, you, you, you know, more often than not, this is coming on a oyster bracelet. I don't know what kind of oyster bracelet this is. I think it's a, I, I think it's some sort of Seiko oyster um this looks like an unbranded oyster actually so you 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 know the possibility exists that you never find this on an og bracelet but if you do you can find them independently i'm sure though sell your kids and buy it yeah and send it to us and (laughs) send it to us so uh, you know what do we need to say about this what what can we say about it i think everything that needs to be said has been said about it it makes losing the skx even more sad yeah well you, you know it, it's like just because a band uh, just because a band covers a song doesn't mean the original song is dead but if the band is dead <laughs> uh so, so why, don't, why don't we talk about the movement let's so this is a 7500 series movement these are usually found in two iterations 7548 or the 7546 seiko's using the 7548 in their um, tool watches and they're using their 7546 and their more refined uh, dress or business watches same movement very similar quartz module uh, uh, not highly decorated but but again this is a very solid utilitarian movement Seiko at the same time has two other quartz modules that are really popular they have the 7100 series and the 8100 series and neither one of them are held in the same regard as the 7500 um, and, and I'm not smart enough to know why, but this is an important movement for Seiko through the 80s. It, it's the, the, the sort of workhorse. You know, I think this is probably like the 6R has been in the last 10 years. You, you know, there's also the 7S and there's the 4R, but really that 6R is where the, where the bee's knees are. And, and I think this is a similar thing. I mean, I think it has to be. Pedestrian, n- not anything spectacular or special, but solid. That's how Seiko became Seiko. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, and, and you know, they, they do have other movements at the same time that, that are more. Um, but, but that they're being funded by their movements that are not. Yeah. You, you know, I actually suspect it's the opposite. You think? I do. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I think the Seiko 5 line funds everything else Seiko does. That's what I'm saying. Seiko yeah, yeah. Solar and Kinetic and 5. Yeah, they're funded by, like, King Seiko. Or Grand Seiko are are made possible by the pedestrian lines of Seiko that you buy at Macy's and JCPenney. Right, right. No, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So that that's it. We don't have a whole lot else to say about that. We can move on to your next watch because it's a goodie. Okay. First up, the Silver Wave. The silver Wave sounds so like romantic. That's why I said it the way that I did. Silver Wave. 
7123, uh, model number 8370. And now we're getting away from these $500 vintage quartz and moving into a much more affordable category. And this is sitting at 135 Uh-huh. $135. Yeah. Buy it now. 135 And it... Uh, or make an offer. Ooh. Should I do it right now? 80 bucks. Buy it now. <laughs> do it. Uh, and again, a first thing that came to mind when I looked at this is the the predecessor to the Sarb. Mm. Uh, it has a, a very similar sport watch feel to it, mm-hmm. uh, but still refined in its sport watch uh, characters um, or characteristics. And it is a 36 millimeter case. Great size. Perfect size. Yeah. Uh, 19 millimeter lug width though is what I could find. And, and they're hooded, hooded 19 millimeter lugs. So you're, you're living on that bracelet, uh, which I, I think I'm okay with looking at the bracelet I have on there. Or that it has on there. I wish I had it. Um, so if you want to send us one, um, just hit us up. Uh, <laughs> but again, going into that 7100 line that we talked about um, briefly, it's another great example. And, and in talking about this, uh, I couldn't find the uh, the thickness of it. But when you look at that profile view, that can't be but 10 millimeters. Yeah, I'm guessing in the 10, 11, 10, 11 range would be my <laughs> guess. And it... it Obviously, is a is a seventies eighties sized watch, uh, so it's going to be smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, these are these are good. But but what a great size to have if you're looking for something a little bit smaller, more diminutive. Um, you, you you know, this isn't a dress watch. This is not a dress watch. It's no. nothing like a dress watch. But could it fit in if you really wanted something sort of diminutive and and non obtrusive? It wouldn't stand out. I think that's right. Yeah, really simple. Very, like I said, very Sarb-like uh, feel and look to it. Mm-hmm. Real, what I imagine is really great finishing without putting my hands on it. But when you when you look at it, it, it looks so deliberate, so Seiko, beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. I I wish more watches. I this this is what I wish micros were doing now, mm. and not focusing on on the dive segment. You, you know, you you said something when we got started today that the Seiko DNA. The Seiko DNA pops out, and, and I think that's so true in this watch. Although I wouldn't call the handset a particularly Seiko. The handset doesn't scream Seiko to me. No, um, which is odd, but everything else does. It does. That's right. You, you know, all of this branding, and this has got great branding. It's got sort of Seiko's quartz, their their quartz crystal diagram. And kind of a phallic logo at the six. Uh, yeah, well, that's their quartz. That's a quartz crystal. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, that's what it's meant to represent. I'll oh. show you. So when we move, oh, I know, that I, I I recognize that, but that's not what I thought when I first it, saw it. It does look a little bit like a dick and balls. It, it's the the full meal deal. <laughs> um, but you know, that great applied logo. Uh, I, I love the striping on that vertical striping on the dial. Love the markers. Love the crown guards at four o'clock. The sweeping crown guards. Big big sort of oversized crown. It's a cool watch. The only the only bummer with with a watch like this is you can see the age, and no matter how well it's been taken care of, you can always see the age in the date wheel. It, yeah, that's true. Well, you know, I think it's only a bummer if you don't embrace it. Yeah, but I would I'd like to I'd like to buy this watch brand new today. Sure, and it doesn't exist. Nothing like this exists. No. Yeah. Like Very... the angles on the on the like the finishing on the ends of the case, those hooded lugs on there, just yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great watch. That's a good time. It's a great watch. I, I I'd really like this thing on leather. I think. Yeah, if you if you could get a get 
I mean, you'd have to custom make that that leather strap. Right. But it would be worth it. Well, what else you got to say about this guy? Send it to me. Okay. <laughs> so my watch follows. This is a super similar watch. Uh, you, you, you know, I, I would say you'd be forgiven for. Double dick. <laughs> you'd be forgiven for not knowing the difference. This is a 9923-7000. Now, this is Seiko made a quartz module in the late 70s um, called Twin Quartz. And one of the things that happens to a quartz crystal is as it changes temperature, its vibration rate changes slightly. Right. And so quartz watches, single crystal quartz watches, are affected by temperature changes. Seiko came up with a couple of innovative systems to fix this. Uh, one system is they'd take two quartz crystals and they would apply them both to the module and, and allow the module to take an average amplification. So quartz crystals with slightly different beat rates that are going to respond to the temperature and give you an average. Uh, the other method that they came up with is to provide a second crystal, the second the, the second half of the twin. And so, so one crystal is driving and the other crystal is used to regulate. So two different systems to accomplish the same thing called thermocompensation. So these are thermocompensated quartz movement. And they're the bee's knees, right? This is this is Seiko saying, hey guys, look at this. Look at what we can do. You guys are still struggling to sell one quartz. We doubled it. Right. And, and so, so Seiko comes out with, you know, they have these two different methods and they come out with a series of watches. You can always tell a twin quartz watch because that six o'clock logo, instead of having... Dick. Uh, uh, one penis and balls. It's got two and three balls. Two? No, two. It's yeah. it's a profile view of two. <laughs> Mess mashed together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, it's it's a it's it's something you might keep an eye out for. If you didn't know this already, now you can maybe know it. And when you see these, you'll know what you're looking at. Five different five different series of the. Um, of the twin quartz they've got the 99 which is their the first series of this and probably the highest end of all of them they've got the 92 which is that alternative that's the average method not quite as good so the 99 plus or minus five seconds a year yeah a month a month oh, a that month. was a year still pretty good <clears throat> really and good, at the yeah. time it's it's the best uh and then they've got the 92 which is i think 20 and they have various versions that are in between that. They've got the 97, which I think is also uh, plus or minus 15 or 20. They've got the 96, which is plus or minus 10. And then they've got the 94, which when it comes out, it's plus or minus 10. And then later, they introduce a superior, quote unquote, superior grade version of that, which is plus or minus 5. So any of those movements, 9900, 9200, 9700, 9600, 9400, all going to be in this twin quartz line. If you can find a 9900, these are the bee's knees. I've picked this 9923-7000 because it's affordable. It's stunning. It's in fantastic condition. Yeah, this one in particular is in... It looks like it's never been worn. It, yeah, it does look that. It, it does look like... So, so, so these have a sanded flat bracelet that was popular in the 80s. So it's like a beads of rice. It's a, it's a seven-link... 
bracelet but but it's sanded real smooth so you don't get that light play like you would with the beads of rice but same basic construction uh, it's going to drape really well. It's nice and thin. It, it's a hollow end link bracelet. I think this is a 35 by 18 by, I've got it here, 8. So thin, discreet, uh, a great size. 35 is going to be too small for a lot of people. I know Oversteer, who listens to the show, is not going to like that. Another one, though, that could fit as a dress watch. Right. But another very Sarb-like sport watch that's just refined and elegant and yeah and so going back and forth between this and that silver wave i mean i think this is slightly more refined than the silver wave but these have so many similarities between the two of them um you'd be you'd be forgiven for not being able to tell the difference yeah and and so this is going to especially because these are relics a higher grade movement that 7100 movement isn't going to compete with this in terms of accuracy durability or whatever but um you get the same thing for for significantly less money so if if this is outside of your price range if you say i want an old watch and i want and i have 500 bucks to spend get the king twin and virtually no crown and virtually no crown that's right if you you know if you only have 135 to spend get the silver wave certainly sportier less refined uh, probably not as high quality, not going to last you as long, but still super duper cool. Uh, I mean, it might though. These are both perhaps late seventies, early eighties watches. Yeah, I think these are both. Well, I don't know about the Silver Wave. I think the ninety nine twenty three is a nineteen seventy nine watch. I wrote seventy eighties, depending, because this was a, a, a watch that was produced for a while, right? And it all depends on what's on eBay or Etsy at the time. And and this is the difference between you, you know. Well, the Seiko King Quartz is their their high online, so you know this was probably uh, you know I I imagine this is like a thousand to two thousand dollar watch today, uh, versus the Silver Wave was probably uh, hundred fifty to two hundred watch now. So possibly, you, you, you know, thinking about these were huge, wildly different watches. Yeah, but you can get them both for under five hundred bucks right now, and Wait, you, you can get, get both for six hundred bucks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you could get you could get either for under five or both for six. So. Don't get both of these watches. Oh, that would be yeah, probably, that's probably a waste. <laughs> okay, next. Next up, uh, we got the, uh, the, the, the Type 2. Uh, the one we've got pulled up is the 4316-5000. Uh, and this this Type 2 was a, seems to me like a predecessor to the uh, Seiko 5 because there's a lot of diversity in the Type 2. Well, I don't actually know. Uh, I, this is one of them. I didn't look into this movement. This is one of your selections. Do you know anything about the Type Two movement? I didn't look a whole lot into the into the movements used in this in this line of watches. I found a handful that I liked, and that's that's what I did. So the one that we have up, I already mentioned the movement. We're looking at a brown dial, a brown sunder sunburst yeah, dial uh, that is gorgeous, um, and I I can only imagine what it would look like brand new mm-hmm. on a pretty rectangular case yeah um, I, I love this case uh, it reminds it's just so fucking 80s it looks very 80s with the uh with the underlying of we're looking to the future mm-hmm. like it, it looks very jetsons yeah that's uh, right and it looks so cool and this is in shitty shape which is why it's what, 100 bucks on ebay you know i think this would be a great candidate for refurbishment you, you know not every watch is a good candidate for refurbishment because you know some of these lose a lot of value but this is a hundred dollar watch 
98 bucks on eBay. And you know what really grabbed me about this is this is a JDM Kanji Kanji Day Wheel. Day-wheel. Love it. Love uh, it. Kanji Day Wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real, really, really dig this watch. I, I wonder if you could find a crystal for this thing. I doubt very. I you know you, unless you had something custom made, and that's gonna be. I wonder if it's crystal or if it's uh, this this would probably be the a, a terrific candidate for a refurbishment for a, for a DIY refurbish. Yeah. Um, you're not getting into it a whole lot. Or send it out to someone. Spend 150, 200 bucks on on a professional refinishing. It, t- it takes it into a different category, obviously. I think I would do me first, because if I'm going to send it out, spend 150, 200 bucks, I might as well get it real fucked up. <laughs> uh, try my hand first, and then yeah, and you, then send it out and be like, hey, I I did this. You, you run the risk of, of ruining some of those lines if you do that. Maybe, but, but it, it's just, it's beautiful. And and there we pulled up a bunch of type twos before we, we settled on, or I settled on this one, and it's... It's a very sentimental feeling, like peak of the courts, revolution, looking to the future, cutting edge of technology watch. If you're on a budget and uh, you, you want to get into this game, I think it's a great choice. And again, these Seiko vintage courts, almost universally so affordable. 35 millimeters on this guy? Um, yeah, I think 35.5. Yeah, that, that sounds right. 35.5 thick? 35.5 35.5 okay 18 millimeter 18 millimeters on the on the lug width this this bracelet it's an integrated bracelet yeah why would you why would you ever take it off it's a fantastic five link i love it cool watch man yeah very cool i wish they had a, a better profile view because i bet that that case really wraps there's a, a anyway yeah i can't tell i can't tell <laughs> i love the 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 screwdriver hole in the back for changing the battery too yeah <laughs> just yeah th- this whole this whole line is is just cool stuff so so i know you got one more i do we're gonna run long and we're not sorry for it i'm not sorry man we're running long this is a cool episode we're gonna give you lots of time split it into two days <laughs> or or just one long day <laughs> sorry you have to listen to us and not drink beer with us uh last up a uh, king day date courts a uh, 4823-8310 uh, and again, really, really similar to the um, to the king we've talked about already, uh, to the silver wave we've talked about already. Um, but again, just a really, really beautiful watch. You can absolutely see Seiko mm-hmm. on it without any branding. Um, a little bit softer angles on on the end of the case, uh, softer than the uh, than the other king courts we've talked about, softer than the silver wave. Um, but really similar design. It almost looks like it maybe came uh, ahead of the uh, the other one we've talked about. Like it might have been pr- prior to the uh, to dual crystal uh, innovation. Uh, I think that's right. So this is a 4800 movement, which I think came before the 7500, 7100, 8100. So this is a predecessor. This is a sort of high-end quartz movement before that time. Uh, and, and, you know, this is a Seiko King. This is a bee's knees Seiko. Refined Roman numerals on it. Just just ultra thin, but still readable. Mm-hmm. Um, really gorgeous watch. And I, I would love to have seen these brand new. Yeah, I, I'm sure this was just the tits. You know, something we're not going to have time to talk about, but we should revisit at some point, is the really charming story about Seiko's development of their 
Seiko King and or you know their King Seiko and Grand Seiko lines how they essentially set up two separate design houses and said you guys have to compete every year for the best godspeed godspeed uh you, you know really charming uh, story I, I think and you see we have right now the ability to for not very much money enjoy a part of that history and this is a great example of that 225 bucks on etsy for this guy um we'll probably put a link to this this in the show notes which is gonna have a shelf life yeah and and here's the deal there's hundreds of these available yeah it's just about just about going on the hunt being patient finding the finding the one that you like the one that sings that resonates to you and picking it up i'm i'm when i'm done with my sabbatical uh i'm gonna start picking up these vintage seikos yeah yeah you, you know, I've always wanted to find a Grand Seiko Grammar of Design automatic watch, but but they're not cheap. You know, they're they're closer to a thousand than they are to two twenty five with that automatic movement. Um, and, and realistically, I'll get one someday, but it's not going to be right now. But it's always been on my mind. The sizing on these is great, thirty five, thirty six millimeters, um, w- which is small for everyday wear. It's definitely small for everyday wear. But to have it in your collection, to pull it out and be like. Look what I got here. And it's still keeping time. And it's still keeping time, right? Very cool watch, man. Well, anything else you want to say about this? Anything else you want to say? Any other watches or anything else you want to say before we wrap up the Seiko Quartz talk? I think we've hit on the OG Seiko Quartz. I think these are a really under uh, underappreciated piece of Seiko history. Yeah, I think that's right. So, so wrapping up, I think before we get into other things, we've got one correction that I'd like to make, if that's all right with you, and I assume it will be. Oh, yeah. No, that's fine. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm smitten. <laughs> well, so before we start, I guess we could talk. I, I, I finished a, a mod this week. Uh, a mod that's a year or more in the making? That's right. Just one step at a time? It, yeah. Should we save it? Let's save it. Let's save it for next week, since we are already way long. All right, that's fine. We'll save it. Hey, sorry, guys. Teaser. 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 Maybe you'll see it on Instagram. <laughs> Some of these folks will already know. So, you, yeah, we'll, you have already seen it on Instagram. Well, then we'll go into the correction. Um, watch a seek user Lee K. Lee underscore the letter K. Uh, sent us a message on our 40 and 20 thread this week saying, hey, guys, you you, you, you screwed up as per the usual. Um, Shocker. When in our dress watch episode, we were talking about date jests and the general that Andrew ran into wearing a date jest. And I said, like, "Oh, Storm and Norman wore a date jest and an SKX 009 on his wrist in Desert Storm." Well, the SKX came out in two thousand. No, excuse me, in nineteen ninety six, and Desert Storm was before that. It was in like ninety one, wasn't it? Well, yeah, ninety three, yeah, so early nineties. Yeah, that's right. So. Bottom line, there was no SKX009. What he was wearing was a 7548, a watch that we talked about just a moment ago. It was the Pepsi 7548 150 meter SQ diver. That's even cooler. It is cooler, right? Yeah. It is cooler. So uh, sorry about the mistake. And, and you know what? I, I don't know if we commented about it at the time, but I think we both sort of realized, you know, eh, it might not be an SKX, but that is the case it was before the skx not an skx on storm and norman's wrist we accepted the photos as truth right because <laughs> they look so damn they similar identical yeah you can't tell so uh other things andrew what do you got man uh other things oregon department of fish and wildlife this year unveiled 
ODFW. A new licensing platform. Mm. So it can all be done online. Tags and harvests validated in an app. Handful of other states have done this. I was really apprehensive about it at first because whenever a government agency unrolls an app, <laughs> there's there's some pain associated with it. We're in the DOD, so we have a bad experience with this. Maybe, but <laughs> I was concerned. It's amazing. I'm so glad we adopted this system. I bought my hunting and fishing licenses, all my tags, all my sort of or all my whatever they are in my underwear <laughs> at my house i didn't have to go to buy mart or walmart and get the shit printed out and get arrested again yeah well and so last year i got it printed out but they didn't print out any of my uh like certificates on it so i got stopped by and gabe warden i'm bullshitting with him he's like hey you're not allowed to be hunting i was like yeah i am <laughs> you're wrong um on on the organ license it has all your uh extra certificates Mine weren't printed on there because the asshole didn't click yes. Now I have it all in my app and I freaking love it. Mm. My only concern with it now is how well will it work uh, out of cell service. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I don't do any hunting in areas where I'm covered on cell service. And, and certainly not fishing. I, I mean, I fish on the Willamette mostly with my kid. <laughs> on Baker. Yeah. yeah, you have cell service in on Baker. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, which enough. has been, and I've taken him out a handful of times already this year, which has been a lot of fun he has his little pop drill rod and he he can't quite cast uh he's not hooked me yet he's hooked my clothes <laughs> casting so that's still a team sport um but then he does all the reeling i like it uh wait he got close i had like i had my my over the shoulder uh pack like my little tackle box pack on and he caught the the drag loop on the top of it that sits right behind my neck and i was like Whew! all right let's <laughs> and I was like, I had to explain. I was like, look, see, I'm hooked. Like, you hooked me. He's like, I caught a daddy. I'm like, no, yeah, but <laughs> no. Um, but anyway, super cool. Uh, I'm excited about it. Um, and especially excited about being able to buy everything in my underwear. Call your legislator. Get your app. Get your hunting and fishing app. Yeah. And then when you don't have to go to Walmart and buy the shit, you can just do it online it, you know it's not the first time oregon sort of been on a, a bleeding edge of technology stuff i think by and large we do stuff like that really well in the state um there's always growing pains and and rollout concerns and everything but um you, you know every time the state every time the state has pushed forward something like that i've always been satisfied it works thus far yeah in, in fairness i've i've only used it to download stuff I right. haven't had to add harvests, but right. Um, looks good so far. I'm excited about it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, my, my other, my other thing for this week is, uh, uh, a show called, and, and I'll say I had watched the first season of the show, but, uh, user skunk works on Instagram, uh, shouted out and said, Hey, if you haven't watched it, you got to watch it. So episode or season two of the OA, on Netflix mm. came out recently. If you didn't watch the first season uh, and you dig sci-fi at all, just start watching season one right now. Turn us off because we don't have anything more valuable to say. You've already wasted at least an hour of time you could have been spent watching the OA. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's a little distant for some people. If you want a really clear-cut, 
factual, objective show, this might not be it for you. No sci-fi or fantasy is your show then. It, well, yeah. I, I don't know that that's true. But in any event, this is pretty whimsical at times. It's a little hard to follow at times because of the way they, they tell the story. But it's like weird. nonlinear timeline. Nonlinear timeline uh, and just sort of some of it's just sort of like this. How could this possibly be true? And certainly it could not be um, in, in our world. But so it's fantastical storyline and, and it's beautiful and it, you know, will make you laugh and it'll make you cry if you ever cry in shows and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Season two has has now come out and I'm I think we're six episodes in and oh, man, how long? Uh, each episode's about an hour. I think it's okay. season two's 11. I want to say season one was only eight or so. Um, and, and I don't think, I don't think the OA was created with the plan to extend it beyond season one. Hmm. Uh, when, when season one finished, Kim said, I wonder if there'll be a season two. I remember this conversation. Kim said, I wonder if there'll be a season two. And I was like, no, babe, that would ruin it. I felt that way about Stranger Things. It, yeah. Same type of deal. Same type of deal. So, in any event, they have come out with a season two. I love it. As a skeptic of a, the idea of a season two, it's been wonderful. It's weird. It's bizarre. It's beautiful. Really good. So far, it doesn't have that same whimsy that season one has. And I don't know if we'll get back to that. I think they've done more sort of meat and potato storytelling, um, which is okay because it's been really good and satisfying. So OA, seasons one and two, both available on Netflix now. Check it out. You'll love it if you dig that kind of thing. And you might just love it anyway. I've seen the tile. I haven't ever watched it. Dude, you got to watch it. I watched True Detective season three. How was that? So good. I loved it. I loved it. And we texted when I when I started watching it. Um, it felt a lot more like season one. Yeah. Uh, it was not quite as like dirty, gritty. Uh, you know what? It's been out for a while. I'm going to spoil it. It's one of the first times I've uh, had one well, no, before I do that. Spoiler alert. Sound the alarm. If you care about spoilers, turn us off for 25 seconds. Are you going to spoil season three? No, I'm, I'm going to say it's the first murder slash missing person type show like that, that they totally hid the culprit. Uh-huh. Yeah. You never saw it coming. It, when it happened, like when it ended, it almost felt like season two. We were like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> like, a little so bit the issue yeah. with season two was that they were 30 percent of their of their story through and 70 percent of their airtime through yeah season two's story was great they didn't manage their time well you know i don't know that the story was that good but i liked it we season three argue about that later just came out of nowhere yeah like total blindside you would not the the most intuitive person did not see this coming right <laughs> uh and i pride myself on on starting a show or a series and telling you what will happen and ruining it ahead of time, not knowing that I'm ruining it. Oh, and then at the end, so like, much. yes, I was fucking right. This time there was no chance. My wife does that. I'm like, Hey, can we just watch it? Uh, yeah. Or she'll say, she'll say, why do you think they're doing that? No, I hate that. That bugs me. I, I say, don't, I don't know why they're doing that, but I assume if we keep watching for another 35 seconds, they're going to tell us. I say we're observing this together. <laughs> um, but season three of True Detective. We, I love my wife. Killer. She's amazing. Uh, Mahershala Ali, killer. He's great. Um, the other guy, also killer. I've never seen him before in anything. Um, it, it was terrific. Highly recommend. All right, guys. We'll put, we'll put some notes in the show notes for it. Uh, anything else you got today, buddy? Nope, not today. I don't think I do either. All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Bumming on Tremolo by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.